Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, it's National Fire Day. How you celebrate? I'm Tony Kornheiser, by wearing this fire fit. I just learned oh. what that means. Okay. A yeah. fit, a fit is an outfit, and if it's fire, the kids think it's really good. Did you know that yeah. phrase? I did not know that phrase. Here's all you gotta know. There's two generations now that before any word, they'll put fire, like this hamburger, fire. And they'll just say fire, and you're supposed to know how great that is. That's, those are not our generations. They're not. Well, the bad thing about that is if there's really a fire, then they won't even you know. know to come and you see you. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Joel Embiid is hurt. The NFL draft is in the books, and the NHL playoffs begin. But we begin today with both number three seeds, Milwaukee and Golden State, stealing game one on the road from the number two seeds, Boston and Memphis. Wilbon, who had the bigger win, Milwaukee or the Warriors? Tony, they were both impressive. I mean, the Warriors got that win most of the second half without Draymond Green. I mean, you know, we know what has happened in the past, including the finals when Draymond Green wasn't out there. The Warriors did not fare well. They've had some trouble in their time, in this season. So that was impressive to win, and Memphis was his usual self, just mercurial, so spectacular sometimes, and then sometimes they'll make you scratch your head because they're still young and they're trying to figure it out. But I'm going to go with the Bucks because Boston had won four straight. Boston had swept Kevin Durant, a person that many, including you, have thought is this year has been the best player on the planet, and they, they swept yeah. them. They got them out, Kyrie and KD and company, and, you know, they, they went into Boston and they won that game, and, and it's a triple-double that Giannis put up. So I could make the case either way, Tone, because, I mean, Jordan Poole now joining that ensemble with Steph and Clay and Draymond. But I'm going to go with Milwaukee because I thought this – look, I picked the Celtics to win the series. I'm staying with that. And I picked them to win game one at home. So, so I'm going to go with the, with, the, with the champs winning in Boston. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question – that the more impressive win was Golden State because Milwaukee, they're the defending champions in the NBA. They got the best player on the court in Antetokounmpo. And Antetokounmpo, though he did not shoot well, he imposed his will on that game. He had 24 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. And time after time, he found open three-point shooters from Milwaukee. And he they did. knocked down the shots. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum shot, I think, a combined 10 for 31, which stinks. Terrible. And if you throw Terrible. in Marcus Smart with his all-green hair going 3-for-11, that means your best three players are 13-for-42. You can't win that way. And as you say, Golden State won without Draymond Green in the second half. And he got run for, for a flagrant two. And they're playing in a place, Mike, that you have said on this show is one of the two or three toughest arenas to win in because it's that much of a home court yes. advantage. I don't yes. want to knock Memphis at all. Memphis played well. Memphis had a chance to tie at the end, and they put the ball in the hands of the best player, and he missed the shot. That happens. 
But the fact that Golden State, without its ball distributor and without its best defensive player in the entire second half yeah. won that game, to me, yeah. is more impressive. Yeah, they, I'll tell you one thing, Tom. The Celtics can't go. There was some group of guys that went, oh, I think from three. They went like 10 for 50 or something insane. No, 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 you can't, you can't have that. They missed open shots, and I think that's rust. And I think Boston's going to rebound nicely in game two. They better because you can't lose the first two at home. By the way, the before six- you start the next lead, be, wait, wait, stop. Okay. Quickly. Draymond Green got run as far as I'm concerned because of hockey, because he yeah. has a reputation. Yeah. Rep, because, unfairly. Because they, you yeah. err on the side of caution with him. I didn't think it was worthy of getting run, but that's his own either. fault over the last X amount of years, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. yeah, Tone. I, I completely agree with you on that. That, that, that no, it didn't, it didn't rise to the level of a flagrant two. I mean, it just didn't, I, right. you know. That's right. With you, with you on that one. Right. The Sixers and the Heat start their series tonight. Joel Embiid is out for at least games one and two with a fractured orbital bone and a concussion. Suffered with less than four minutes left in Philly's blowout clincher over Toronto. Tone, James Harden does not look like the superstar the Sixers, or we, thought they were getting. So do you now expect him to approach vintage James Harden in Embiid's absence? Okay, so he has to if he wants a $250 million contract. Because it's right out in front of him right now. If he can steal a game or two in the first two games on the road, maybe he has a chance. But, Mike, the way he's playing now, it seems to me incapable. He had, during the season, he had career lows, 41% from the field, 33% from three. In the playoffs, he's averaging 19 points, 41%, 38% from three. Those are not $250 million numbers. They are not Jordan Poole numbers. They're not. So I know what I said, Mike. I know on the day that trade was made, I sat on this show and I said James Harden will be the best guard in the the universe like he was last year with Brooklyn, and he will take Philadelphia to the NBA Finals. He'll take them, not Embiid. He'll take them. And now I look like an idiot because, you know, we're looking at a mediocre player at the moment, and I, I I don't understand what has happened here. I just don't. Well, I'd like to leave you out there by yourself on that branch, but I'm not going to do that because I was with you, and we have talked about this on this show many days, and you and I have also called each other during games and said, what has happened what, what is to this? James Harden? Everybody's, you know, yeah. Tony, I've talked to scouts who've said that, but they have what they feel is an answer, which is, Tony, you run out. You, I thought you had a, an interesting analogy about a week or so ago when you talked about, I know one of your favorite players in the 80s and 90s. Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond. And it just, yeah. it, it, yeah. it just ran out. You run out of gas tone. And I don't, so the question is, do I expect vintage James Harden? No. Now, maybe he can produce it. Maybe in the absence of Embiid, he can rise to it. There's a little left in the tank. He can summon it for an entire postseason. Do I now expect him to be able to do that tone? I don't. And I feel sort of bad. Yeah. Like, like, it's like the expiration of a great, 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 great player. We've seen it. You and I have lived yeah. through this with all the great players, but we didn't expect it from Harden right now. No, no. I mean, if you say he's run out of gas, I would say then get a hybrid, baby. Plug in. Because they need <laughs> you to win some of these games. And I'm Doesn't amazed at, at the drop-off. I, it's off yeah. the table. I don't get it. Yeah. 
The NFL draft stretched over three days last week, giving us Thursday and Friday off, for which we are most grateful. It was not nearly as glamorous a draft as when quarterbacks and running backs are picked high, but it had its moments. Well, what was the most intriguing move of the draft weekend for you? I really await this answer. Yeah, Tone, intriguing move would be a complete and utter overstatement. Um, I care about one team. Care about my team. Most people who watch this thing care about one team, and they fake it. They act like they know people who've been drafted. They don't know Jack. Like, I'm a season ticket holder in college football. I watch Big Ten games in person, and I don't know most of these kids. But the Bears not selecting a player who can help Justin Fields, who they traded up to get last year and, and gave uh, set the town afire. Fire. Um, they didn't draft a lineman, even though he had the worst line in the league as far as I'm concerned. They got a wide receiver from Tennessee in the third round. We don't know how much he can help immediately. He's a great return man as well. So I care about my team, just like people care about the Jets. and They want to pronounce the Jets a winner because Mel said the Jets and the Giants had a great draft, and it's always New York-centric. So I care about my team and what they didn't do. They didn't help Justin Fields, a guy that they traded up last year to get, and a guy that people follow all the time. Oh, what's Justin Fields? Is he going to look like he did at Ohio State? And they didn't do that. They drafted a corner and a safety, and that's Bears tradition. I understand that. It's a defensive franchise. I would have agreed with that all the days of my life, except now. So that's what I care about from the draft. Yeah, it's, it's nice that you mentioned the Jets and the Giants and how everybody said the Jets and the Giants did great in the draft. As a native New Yorker, I find that impossible to believe. So I'm going to move <laughs> away from that because that's just not true. Um, I, I think that the nicest moment in the draft was when Pittsburgh, at number 20, drafted Kenny Pickett to be a quarterback. Um, you know, the only quarterback picked in the first round, by the way. He went, he's a local kid. He went to Pitt. He practiced with the same facility his family was elated. He was elated. Everyone in Pittsburgh was elated except probably Mitch Trubisky. Um, but I'm going to borrow from our great friend Booger McFarland, who was on the podcast with me this morning. Okay. And Booger, Booger is a said? lineman, as you know. So Booger loves it when linemen are chosen. And five of the first seven people in the draft were offensive or defensive linemen. But what Booger said the headline was, was wide receiver. Booger talked about six of the top 18 picks being wide receivers. And then he talked about the fact that A.J. Brown was traded on draft day and Hollywood Brown was traded on draft day. And in recent weeks, Devontae Adams was traded and Tyreek Hill was traded. And what he said was teams want wide receivers. They want to acquire them, they want to pay them, or they want to draft them. And so you got two situations here I can think of immediately in Philadelphia and Miami where they got great wide receivers now where you say to Jalen Hurts and you say to Tua, we got speed on the outside for you. Get him the ball, and if you can't get him the ball, we'll bring someone in who can get him the ball. That was Booger's take that it was about wide receivers. Let's well, take a break. I wonder what Booger's take would have been on why my team didn't get a wide receiver to help their young stud quarterback. Yeah. Why didn't That's we right. do that? Yeah. We didn't. Coming up, how vulnerable are the Suns as they get underway tonight against Luka Doncic and the Mavericks? And the Maple Leafs had the better regular season, but should the Lightning be the favorites in that first-round series. So neither Kansas City nor Green Bay picked a wide receiver in the first round. And they well, let great they, wide receivers go. They still what got people. They got people. What are you doing? They still got some. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. 
And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Time to see what you mailed in. Here comes the first time. Do I need my glasses? No. How vulnerable are the Suns against the Mavs? Well, Tom, they're as vulnerable as they would be in a second-round series at a time where the league has more depth, greater depth in the, from top to bottom. I mean from 1 to 30 than, than ever, in my opinion. So the Suns were vulnerable in the first-round series against the eighth seed. In New Orleans, they were vulnerable, but that was because, in large part, Devin Booker got hurt, had to miss, what, summer game two, game three, game four, game five. So, so now Booker's back. I mean, we expect the Suns to, to, to slowly, gradually get to whole. And if they do, I expect them to win this series. It could be a long one, six or seven games. Luka Doncic, you could argue, might be the best player in the series. I voted Booker runner-up MVP and Doncic is on my first all-first team. So I got both those guys in my top five in the NBA. But you're still vulnerable whenever you got to go against a player that great as Doncic, who controls the ball in the game. But I'm going to say the Suns are going to win in six or seven games. So here we go. Let's repeat the question for people on the West Coast. How vulnerable are the Suns against the Mavs? And the answer is not very vulnerable. Okay, the Suns won 64 games this year. That's the most in the NBA. The Mavericks won 52. I was not a math major, but I understand that's a spread of 12 fewer wins. Is Luka Doncic a real good player? Absolutely. Could he steal a game or two? He could absolutely steal a game or two. But I don't think Phoenix can lose unless Chris Paul has a bad series. And the last time we saw Chris Paul, he shot 14 for 14. All right. yeah. Has Luka Doncic ever done that? No, he has no. never done that. Only will. So to me, with, with Devin Booker back, to me, this is a five-game series at the most. Ooh. To me. Ooh, wow. Mail I'd be, you know, that's, that would keep the stress level down out here behind me in the desert, but I don't, that's kind of ambitious, Tone. The Maple Leafs finished their regular season with more points, so should they feel confident heading into their first-round series with the Lightning. Hell no. The Lightning is the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. It doesn't matter that, that Toronto finished a handful of points, I think it's five points, ahead in the regular season. That doesn't mean anything 
the, the, the Lightning know how to play in the postseason. Now, I will say this, Tone, because I lived through this with, with my Blackhawks. When you win a Stanley Cup or you win a couple, I mean, they just t- they pick you clean like a carcass. The other teams in the league, they make it so difficult for you to keep your team together. You're not as deep. You lose some of your talented young players. This happened to the Blackhawks of 10, 13, and 15, and they slid. The Lightning could be going through that now, the end of that. But Tor- yeah. Toronto hasn't won a playoff series in 100 years. What is it, like 2004? They're not. I root yeah. for Toronto because I root for the original six. They're not going to win this series. They're not going to beat the Lightning. I'm going to echo so much of what you said, but I'm going to go to recent history because that's okay. important, recent history. And I want Toronto to win because they're an original six team. Me I too. love Toronto. I, Tampa Bay, they don't even get snow in Tampa Bay. They shouldn't be in the NHL. But the fact is the last five years Toronto has made the playoffs they went out in the first round. Out. So what they have out. proven is they go out in the first round. In that period of time, Tampa Bay, as you say, won back-to-back Stanley Cups. If you go back to 2004, and you're right, it's the last time Toronto's won a series. In that period of time, Tampa Bay has won three Cups. All right? Let's just look from 2015 on, just to pick a year. From 2015 on, Tampa Bay's won 70 playoff games, the most in the NHL. Toronto's won 13. Tampa Bay's won 15 playoff series, and Toronto has won zero. None. So should they None. feel confident? No. Who is your pick no. to win the NHL? Who's going to win the Cup? Tell us quickly. The Lightning, again, I think, I think they got one last really? one in them. But I'm not rooting for them because I'm not rooting for some SEC hockey franchise. I'm not rooting for them. I'm rooting for Toronto. One of the three greatest cities in North America. Rooting for Toronto, for the Maple Leafs. There you go. Enough email. Let's take one last break. Still to come, the Yankees go for their 10th win in a row. And the Honey Badger has a new team. He's always got a new team. For a great player, the Honey Badger is always somewhere else. If he's that damn great, why doesn't somebody want to keep him? Can Pittsburgh win the cup this year? Can they win? No, I don't, I hate they them. I can't root for them. I hate them. You hate Pittsburgh? Hate them. You hate, hate can them. the Islanders, did they qualify? You like the Islanders? No. I like the Islanders. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Happy time, people. Happy 35th birthday, Pat McAfee. The former Pro Bowl punter for the Indianapolis Colts is now a podcast talking head, best known as Aaron Rodgers' confessor and psychiatrist. McAfee is a fabulous self-promoter. He's instantly likable. McAfee's podcast struck a deal with FanDuel, the sports betting omnivore, that will pay McAfee $120 million over the next four years. FanDuel will make special offers to McAfee's listeners and house McAfee Studio. Hey, I got a podcast. Will Bond's on it. What am I, chopped liver? In his previous life as a punter, McAfee made about $13 million over eight years. Is this a great country or what? Isn't McAfee like a, a two or three handicap as well? Isn't McAfee a great golfer? But anyway, Tony, a few years ago, when McAfee was thinking of retirement, I said, why would you retire? You're going to make two or three million dollars a year to play in the NFL. Play until they have to tear the jersey off you. It was great that he's not listening to a fool like me. How about that? <laughs> That's right. Happy anniversary, Reggie Miller. On this day 20 years ago, Miller nearly added to his legendary resume of clutch performances by almost single-handedly knocking out the top seed New Jersey Nets in the fifth and deciding game of their opening round playoff series. First, the Indiana Star sent the game into overtime by banking in a 40-footer at the buzzer. Next, with the Pacers down two in the final seconds of the overtime, Miller dunked over three Nets defenders to send the game to a second OT. The Nets won it there, depriving all haters of the New York metropolitan area the satisfaction they derived when they saw Miller knock out the Knicks Ooh. and Spike Lee seven years before. I've long believed and said that I think Scottie Pippen is the most underrated player of the last several generations, the last 40 years in the NBA. Reggie Miller's right there with him on that list. People have no idea. They hear Reggie. He calls a great game. And it's great to listen to Reggie Miller. You and I have gotten to know Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller was great in, in the playoffs, Tony. You watched him at that other game in the Garden. Other than the captain, yeah. wasn't that about the most exciting thing you've seen in the Garden ever? Yeah, that and Jerry West hitting a 75-footer to beat the Knicks one game. Great, great moments. Happy trails to the Reds getting an out. The Cincinnati Reds failed to record an out on three consecutive pop-ups yesterday on three consecutive pitches to Colorado's Elias Diaz. The first was correctly ruled a trap against the screen. The second was missed over the rail, and somehow the third fell in among three Reds near the pitcher's mound. The Reds lost the game 10 to one, their sixth straight loss, 17 of 18. The Reds are now three and 19. It's the worst record in baseball. Historically, only the 0-21 Baltimore Orioles in 1988 started worse. The Reds are currently tied for 28th in runs scored and their 30th DFL in runs allowed. A few weeks ago, the son of the owner threatened to move the team. But who wants them? Yeah, I, I hate the Reds, so I'm, I'm sort of happy this is happening there in the Cubs division. I'm going to go back to that Orioles team. You and I sat in that ballpark and watched some of those That's games right. in 88 when they did that. How about this? On that roster... Cal Ripken Jr. and Eddie Murray, Hall yeah. of Famers. I think both first ballot, two of the all-time greats, were on that team. It's unthinkable that, that, that they were on Hard that roster. Hard to imagine. Tone. 
Yeah. One omission, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended six games for testing positive for PEDs. Ooh. Let's go to the big Ooh. finish. Let's do it. The Saints reportedly agreed to terms with Tyron Matthew. Good fit? I guess so. Why is Tyron Matthew always joining a new team? I don't, I don't understand that, if he's that great. The Mets designated Robbie Cano for assignments. Your assignment, your thoughts? He needs 368 hits for 3,000. I don't think he's going to get them. I think he's probably done, and the Mets are really good and don't need him. John Rahm went wire to wire to win the Mexico Open. Is that significant? Yeah, but I was rooting for that other Scottsdale guy, Neighbors. Just like Rahm is, so is Tony Finau. And I was rooting for Finau, so I like to see those guys at the top of the leaderboard, never possible. Tennessee pitcher Ben Joyce threw a fastball 105.5 miles per hour. The fastest pitch ever recorded in college. Second fastest ever behind the world is Chapman's 105.8. Is that a big deal? People love the radar gun, don't they? Love it. Last they one. Do. The Yankees have won nine straight. Will they make it ten tonight at Toronto? Oh, rooting for Toronto. Toronto's only a game and a half behind the Yankees. Go, go, go Jays. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. Happy birthday yesterday, Len Downey. Happy birthday to Len Downey. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the app or Apple Podcasts. Here's Sports in the Tone. Where's the Canadian flag for Toronto? I love everything about Toronto, and you should too. Do you want me to send you this flag for next time?